Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and once again, I am joined by my friend Jose Lopez. What's up, Jose? Hey, how's it going, Patrick? Good, good. And this episode is actually part two of an episode about comparing the top five, in my opinion, the top five players from the 2020 draft versus the top five players in the 2021 draft. Now, if you haven't checked it out, we did part one, which covered Kate Cunningham versus LaMelo Ball, Jalen Green versus Anthony Edwards, and Evan Mobley versus our man, James Wiseman. It was a really, really thorough episode. I was like, dang, this is, this is a, we need more sponsors for this. <laughs> um, but no, that was, that was a lot of fun. And actually uh, the, the thing that I found funny was that we kind of picked the same dudes, which, which is fine, which is totally fine. But I'm like, oh, okay. Hopefully this, uh, this makes for good, for good audio. Uh, we need more <laughs> argumentation. No, nah, but that's cool. We're going to pick up where we left off. So another pair of guards, and I put Jalen Suggs and Tyrese Halliburton together because they're both about the same size in terms of height. Suggs obviously is like stronger. Halliburton's really wiry and skinny, mm-hmm. but they're both combo guards. They can both play on ball, play off ball. And out of these two, who you got? For me, it's pretty clearly Suggs. Um, you know, I'm probably a little bit, you know, <laughs> biased just because of, you know, his performance in in the tournament and and seeing those kind of leadership qualities uh, manifest themselves, you know, on the floor. But he had some some pretty nice moments there. But yeah, I just think he's, you know, you know, I think the draft capital point, you know, is really salient with him. You know, he's one of those guys who, you know, obviously went top five, you know, not always like a good shorthand, because I think if we were to do a redraft, I think Halliburton definitely goes, you know, much higher uh, in a redraft today. But, you know, I do, I do think that sometimes it speaks to, you know, the physical skill set and, and the way that the market of, you know, kind of basketball heads, you know, how, how they see your game. Uh, and so he just seems like to me, like somebody who will be better as a, as a first option and would be able to, uh, to run your offense and, you know, just be kind of comfortable in that leadership position. I see Halliburton um, as similar in the sense that they're both like very NBA ready, come, st- stepping into the NBA as rookies, like ready to play in the NBA and, and contribute, you know, good minutes right away. Um, but I do think like Halliburton, I, I, I always think of him as more of a supporting uh, cast member, like maybe, the best scene as like a second or third option, not kind of leading uh, the offensive charge for your team. So I think for that, for that reason, even though I like both of these players a lot, um, they're both kind of, you know, seem like good leaders, seem like, you know, just solid heads on their shoulders, really like how they, you know, spread the ball around, really like them on the defensive end, like people who clearly, you know, take pride and care about defense. And so I love both these players, but just in terms of the, the raw skills, uh, I got to give it to Suggs on this one. I think at this point, it's pretty obvious to me that you take Suggs. I came up with this idea of you know comparing 2020, 2021 draftees towards the end of the mm-hmm. season. And at that point, you know, Suggs was still like, you know, he was on that Gonzaga team 
where he was the freshman. He didn't have to do everything mm -hmm. all the time. And then he had that great tournament. But what kind of put it over for me, and I know it's just summer league, and again, all the caveats about this being early and <laughs> kind of uh, just a fun mental exercise. What I saw from Suggs in summer league was that star quality, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I put him and Halliburton together because they both seem to have that leadership and those intangibles, mm -hmm. right? Like they just know how to play. They just make a team mm -hmm. better. And since then, it's been clearer that Jalen Suggs is more of that star player, mm -hmm. whereas Halliburton is like, he's more of kind of late career Warriors Iguodala mm -hmm. type to me. I see him as kind of an Iguodala-Livingston combo in that respect. Whereas you look at Suggs and you put the ball in his hands, you definitely give him the last shot every game. To me at this point, no question. Like if somebody said, hey, you have Jalen Suggs, we'll give you a Tyrese Halliburton. That's not happening. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? In all the Ben Simmons trade talks, uh, the hypothetical stuff with, oh, the Sixers, would you trade Ben Simmons and uh, Tyrese Halliburton and whatever Bagley and Harrison Barnes or whatever Sixers fans would be like, nah, man. <laughs> but if it was Suggs instead. Yeah. Oh yeah. They would take that. Oh, right? totally. Like, so to me, like it's, it's pretty obvious that it's Jalen Suggs at this point, as, as much as I am a Tyrese Halliburton fan, um, I don't think he could be the best player on a contending team, a playoff team, whereas Jalen Suggs, he potentially could be mm -hmm. for a playoff team for sure. Maybe not a contending team, but mm -hmm. for a playoff team. Well, that one was easy. <laughs> I guess I thought Cade was was easy too. But yeah, that one, that one, it just seems to me like Halliburton, we see him a certain way because he was always, you know, oh, he should really go higher, but, you know, no one's going to take him, you know, top eight, top, top, whatever. And yeah. that, that opinion was confirmed. Um, yeah. But but, you know, it's just like just the physical tools, like there's a reason that, you know, he fell a little bit because people just felt like, man, am I really, you know, drafting this guy five, six or whatever with with that that toolbox and, and Suggs? It's like, you know, there's I'm, I'm sure anybody, you know, in that top five, um, you know, wouldn't have hesitated to to pull the trigger on him. It's like, you know, probably a little bit crazy to take him over Cade, but. But after that, like, I think a lot of those top five guys were pretty uh, interchangeable in a way. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, you know, to to use that thought exercise of, you know, Halliburton in this class, I don't think he, he sniffs at that conversation. Like I said, when when I came up with this, like it was all the, the Halliburton hype second half of the season. And I hadn't seen Suggs play that much or seen as many highlights, I hadn't studied him as closely. It's funny, right? Because I, I used to say this thing where last season, this trade was never on the table, as far as I know. So Halliburton, I mean, he was on a lot of people's lists as, you know, going to be drafted anywhere from four to six, mm -hmm. four to eight, you know? And people were saying, like, he was the surprise of last year's draft. But not really. Like people who paid attention knew he was going to be good. It was actually a surprise. That yeah, totally. Fell. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, and 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 I don't know if it's because of his frame or whatever, but the kid can definitely play. But I had tossed this out last um, last season. Again, it, it wasn't 
a real thing is something I made up, but it was like, oh man, last season. Okay. I'll ask you this mm-hmm. last season on draft day. If you could have traded the Minnesota pick for Tyrese Halliburton, would you have done it? So you would have gotten Wiseman and Halliburton. Yeah. I think, you know, not knowing what, what the pick would become, I pro- I would probably take that deal. Yeah. Especially after you're seeing how Halliburton played and just how well he would fit into this team, to this Warriors team. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is an interesting thought exercise too, but I mean, if you, if you redraft 2020 now, I would say most people uh, would, would say Halliburton over Wiseman. Right. So I'm not sure you and I would say that because, you know, we're, we're both Wiseman stands, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, He's in the, def- if not like second or third pick conversation, he's definitely in that top four or five conversation in terms of who folks would take, you know, if, right. if you could do the draft over. If the Kings said, we'll give you Tyrese Halliburton for Jonathan Kaminga, do you think they would do it? I think just in terms of timelines and how he fits into into the team uh, on both sides of the ball, I, I think they'd do it. Yeah. Would you do it? I would do it. I mean, I and and I love Kaminga, but he, you know, I think it's a timeline play there. I think is is Kaminga's yeah. ceiling, you know, higher, much higher than than Halliburton's. Yes, is it like exponentially higher? Like like they should never be on the same court together. I don't think so. But but which, which timeline fits better with this yeah. Warriors team? Like, give me Halliburton. I mean, that's going to bring us to the next one but i think i would have to definitely look at that and probably pull a trigger yeah that's a tough one i'm a huge kaminga stan yeah same here man halliburton i mean he's no slouch right like even though we pick Suggs easily over him but man halliburton would be perfect on this warriors team you know so if that's a question of like fit and youth you might have to go with it somebody who could help you win now like 100% for sure versus waiting. But anyway, that brings us to the fifth position on this roster. And this is a little bit different from the previous four. I got three players in mind here, right? Mm -hmm. So like at the kind of small forward wing, power forward position, I have from 2020, Patrick Williams. Mm -hmm. And then from the 2021 draft, I have both Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga because... Kaminga was a consensus number five pick for most of last season. And this is obviously a Golden State Warriors podcast. So there's no way in hell we're not talking about Jonathan Kaminga. That's how Kaminga, yeah. Jose, man, like out of those three, tell me who you would pick for your team, why, and then, you know, actually rank them one through three. Yeah, uh, that's, this is, this is probably, one of the trickier ones, not just because it's three uh, players, but but also just because I think you know this stage of of each draft um, is is a little bit where some guys who are you know maybe a little bit not not off the radar, but weren't just consensus top five, uh, specifically Scotty Barnes and um, Patrick Williams. I mean Patrick Williams. If, if memory serves, he kind of shot up the, the, the kind of draft boards, you know, just in the last few weeks, it's, it felt like, and, you know, in his case, you know, he, he wasn't starting 
at, at Florida State. He was coming off the bench. He was, you know, one of those physical specimens that just felt like a little bit more of an unknown. And, you know, I, I certainly hadn't watched a ton of him. And I just kind of heard in different news reports, oh, this guy might go, you know, earlier than you think. And sure enough, he goes number four. And that's where, given that we weren't picking at that point, I, I didn't really care with, <laughs> you know, what happened sure. after after the Wiseman pick. So I just kind of forgot about him a little bit. And then last season, I just was very impressed with, with his game. Um, very solid on the defensive end able to really switch and play bigs, play smaller guys. And so, you know, that part is someone who really appreciates that side of the ball. That part really jumped out at me. And, and I felt like he, he had, you know, some, some decent offensive moves as well and probably contributed on a, a little bit more on that end of the floor that, that I was expecting. And I'd say, you know, generally – my impression was that he just not overperformed, but but did a little bit more than someone like me who was expecting, who wasn't up on you know non-starters on the Florida State uh, team the, the year before, right? So so I I came away being really impressed by him, and I think uh, based on that, you know, I, I I rate him very very highly. I don't know what what was your impression of, of Patrick Williams kind of going in and, and his season. He was. The sleeper pick, I guess my sleeper pick before the 2020 draft. He was a name that for a while as it was leading up to the draft, he was, I think, creeping into the top 10, you know, like or early teens or whatever. Mm -hmm. And looking at his position, his, his comps, some highlights, I was like, okay, this guy seems like he very much fits in the modern day. NBA. And when he got picked fourth, I was like, wow, Chicago is really dumb. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, why didn't they take Halliburton? But I, I I mean, there were dudes in that draft like who kind of just fell into this like, oh, wow, they're very, very solid. Right. And mm -hmm. I felt like that's where Patrick Williams fell into mm -hmm. because, you know, he was, he was coming off the bench. Right. He wasn't a starter. Right, just like Scotty Barnes. But then when I finally saw him play in the NBA, I was like, oh, this guy knows how to play basketball. Oh, yeah. I looked at his stats. Not crazy. I mean, he, he scored nine points a game, 9.2 or something. But he's a great shooter mm -hmm. at this point. He won't be 20 until the season. And I like him. I mean, when I watched him play the Warriors last year, again, hyperbole. And anybody who's like anywhere from 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, who can do certain things, everybody's like, oh, that's like Kawhi, you know. But, <laughs> but I will admit, like I, I, I saw him and I was like, he has like a mid range like Kawhi already, a yeah. little bit, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. and at age nineteen, going on twenty, like that will certainly develop. So I like him a lot. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, should we talk about about his his former teammate, uh, Scotty Barnes? They didn't actually play together, right? Because no, I think yeah. they were freshmen and freshmen. Yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll you know, you're the guest. I'll I'll let you have first at it. Yeah, you know, I kind of I kind of saw you know Scotty Barnes in in somewhat of the same way with the kind of climbing up the up the draft boards. Um, at least in my mind, you know, he he wasn't like one of those top five guys, you know, that we heard about for for the year or two prior. But then you know, when, once I saw that he was starting to get you know a lot more attention a lot more hype. I, I started watching his game more closely and was similarly very, 
very impressed. And I think you kind of reference that there's 50 baby Kawhis, you know, every, every, <laughs> every draft, uh, and, you know, even with, with rookies and, and younger players in the league, there's also this progeny of, of Draymond Green. And, you know, I would kind of see him as, as in that mold. And I think that's, that's a comp that people use a lot. And I kind of see it. I also see some of the, some of the drawbacks in Draymond's game uh, that exists with him, you know, not, not blown away by his shooting mechanics, by his shot. Um, but, you know, he's just one of these guys that doesn't just, you know, play defense, but seems like he, he really thrives and enjoys um, putting the energy into that part of his game on that side of the floor. And, you know, with his physical profile, really good frame, you know, and that same kind of size range that you're talking about, 6'6 six, six to 6'8, six, I mean, I, I can see why you pick these guys to cop, not just because they're Florida State guys who kind of shot up, you know, with the with the sleeper status late in the draft. But, you know, they're pretty similar uh, players. I personally like uh, Patrick Williams's offensive game a little bit better, at least in, in terms of what I, the step I saw him take uh, from from college to uh, playing on the Bulls. Um so I would probably rank him a little bit higher in, in my book, even just in, in, in terms of how, you know, he performed in his rookie season, uh, which was, you know, really impressive to me. And we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how Barnes does, but I see them as kind of similar, similar players in my book, you know, Patrick Williams, just a, a little bit more polished on the offensive end and someone who's, you know, that much more interested in me. But, but what I would say is I love, uh, Barnes's landing spot a lot more, and and I do think mm-hmm. that Toronto will know, you know, what to do with him, and will develop him probably in the right ways. Mm-hmm. I think the prospect of him playing alongside Siakam and kind of picking up some things from from him potentially, I think just kind of breathing the same air and 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 living in that same kind of part of the floor uh, may be good for him as well. So so I'm really excited about his you know rookie campaign coming up too. I like Scotty Barnes. I also lean more Patrick Williams, though, because of the well-roundedness of his game. I can see Scotty Barnes being that guy. Like, if he is a great orchestrator, a great point forward at six eight, six nine, however tall he is, that will be a sight to behold. But right now, if you're just talking, like, take somebody out of those two, um, I'm I'm leaning Patrick Williams for sure right now because like the guy can shoot you know? yeah <laughs> the guy can shoot and he can play d like you were saying and he's strong and he's just going to get stronger he's not even like that well you know built he's not that muscular yeah but his frame is definitely one of those frames that where you can like you know pile on pack on some 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 muscle yeah and i like his demeanor who knows who knows what barnes demeanor will translate to will he be like fiery like Draymond for all the pluses and minuses of that, you know? <laughs> or will his offensive game come around enough with Patrick Williams again having like that sample size, you obviously know more about what he brings to the the table. If Scotty Barnes could shoot <laughs> a little bit better, yeah. Uh then maybe it's a bigger question. But out of those two, I go I go Williams. 
Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 free in bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So that takes us to um, the prize of the 2021 draft for us, Jonathan Kaminga. Versus, I'm assuming, Patrick Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's how I would. Well, uh, honestly, that that's where that's where this is interesting is as, as a kind of three player analysis. I, I'd say my shorthand is Kaminga. To me, has the highest ceiling out of all these guys, just in terms of his physical profile and and the tools that he has in the toolbox. Uh, but he's also the by by far, I think, the highest variance. Uh, player out of these guys he yeah. he feels the most raw for sure you know in terms of his the mental game like you you can see him uh have have struggles with processing what's going on, on the floor sometimes and just bad shots bad decisions bad passes uh some stuff that you know it's clear that he he didn't grow up playing you know super competitive like well coached basketball you know his whole life mm-hmm. and and that just kind of shows so I think the other side of that coin is, you know, going back to the the sleeper or kind of shooting up draft boards nature of the Williams and Barnes paths compared to Kaminga. You know, Kaminga, if anything, fell a little bit, right? Right. Yeah. But but was always always seen as one of those, you know, not just top five kind of consensus, but coming into the season, probably having the chance to flirt with the maybe the second or third spot. Uh, on on draft boards i think after his first g league ignite game he was at like number one or two for for at least a couple weeks yeah you know on some boards yeah and so you know i i put a lot of stock in that right i put a lot of stock in how do people uh look at i mean at the end of the day these guys are all you know 18 19 and in in the case of kaminga he was 18 when drafted right so they're all super young and at that kind of stage of your development, I think the tools and just what you bring bring in terms of just moldable clay uh, really matters. And so that to me, you know, makes me probably the most excited about Kaminga out of the three of these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, not to be a complete cop out, cop out here, but kind of what you're looking for. And in the case of, you know, the Warriors, for example, I would much rather have Patrick Williams mm-hmm. on this team than than Kaminga. Yeah. And I think I might even take Scotty Barnes, to be honest. But if I'm building a team, you're asking me to start a, a team from scratch. And, you know, I'm just trying to look for the best players to kind of throw together. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Kaminga. Yeah. Um, 
just because the tantalizing nature of that of that toolkit, the athleticism, the explosiveness, pretty good court vision, right? For for you know someone who's kind of moves through the court quickly and, and can get to the basket. Mm-hmm. Like I do like his, you know, uh, ability to hit a cutter. So that playmaking and, you know, ball distribution while raw, I think is is something that's still very much capable of being developed uh, in a positive way. Yeah. And just someone who, you know, out of the three, I just like his ability to create his own shot the best. And Kamegas? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's just in terms of the offensive moves that he has access to and his athleticism and quickness, I think that'll translate really well. His stride is just super long, you know? Um, yeah. And so it's just one of those, between that, his, his you know, his play above the rim, uh, I think he's going to be able to to make space for his shot, for his offensive moves in a way that, you know, I just haven't seen to quite the same degree with the other guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the uh, the defensive side of the ball is something that's completely a wild card, in my opinion. Like, you'll see him do, you know, some chase down blocks. And then, you know, you have, you see him kind of being a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit, you know, kind of lost or unengaged, disengaged on the defensive end, uh, at least in, in the G League uh, games that, that you would watch. And so... You know, that that part, you know, is a little bit concerning, but I still think all things considered, you look at his frame, like you said, you know, his ability to to pack on uh, to that frame. Uh, I think he can he can be a, a solid defender. I think he does have a good nose for the ball in terms of rebounding. And so, you know, I think all those things together, I'm, I'm most excited about his his toolbox. But, you know, if you're asking me, hey, what's the biggest fit, best fit for the Warriors or for someone who's actually trying to contend uh, this year coming up, I probably wouldn't go with Kaminga, to be honest. Yeah, you'd go with Patrick Williams. It's interesting because I studied so much on Kaminga. I would probably take Kaminga. But if in the same sense, like if the Bulls said, hey, we'll trade you Patrick Williams or Jonathan Kaminga straight up, I do that because yeah. Because Williams is automatically in the rotation and he's helping you win games in like 20 minutes per game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, totally. And especially at his age, him and Wiseman developing with Poole and Moody, hypothetically, then he's not so much of a project as Wiseman is turning out to be. And he could give you so much, just like uh, his three point shots solid so far, his mid range, his ability to cut off ball. And the thing about Williams versus Kaminga is it feels like Williams has more small man skills. You know, mm-hmm. he's probably better off the bounce, whereas Kaminga can obviously play bigger. I'm going to take Jonathan Kaminga because I just love the force that he plays with. And I love his energy. I love his vibe. I think he'll be a fan favorite. I'll take Patrick Williams. It seems crazy to, in some ways because I do think like just snapshot today. He's a better shooter, better defender. You know, like I said, I do see more promise in Kaminga being able to create his his own shot. Yeah. But if we just say it today, you know, those are two really important skills in today's NBA. And, and I do think Williams takes them on shooting and defending. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about that toolkit, man. Like I said, it's just that. Yeah. That, uh, that athleticism that just piques your interest. I guess I'm taking Kaminga. 
Cool. I'll take I'll take Williams. I got Williams on my squad. <laughs> okay. And, you, and, and my squad will beat yours this year. You might be mine in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So your team is Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, James Wiseman, Jalen Suggs, and Pat Williams. And then my team is Cade Cunningham, <laughs> Jalen Green, James Wiseman, Jalen Suggs, and Jonathan Kaminga. And then the team that – okay, so the team that – you didn't pick is Lamella Ball, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, Evan Mobley, Tyrese Halliburton, and we'll say Jonathan Kaminga. Do you think your team could beat that team? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think uh, I mean just Cade and Green and Cade and the two Jalen's is that that is that is tough to beat, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be really tough, really tough. And as you know. As as good as Mello and and Ant are, um, mm-hmm. I just don't see them defending those guys or scoring enough, frankly. But yeah, I think if that's if that's the core of of your team there, uh, Cade and the two Jalen's, and I think that's a pretty imposing squad. That's pretty good. If they played a, a seven game series, I mean, I would say it, it definitely wouldn't be a sweep. I mean, the, all these guys are so young that. that they're just inevitably going to be high variance players. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were running today, I have more 2021 guys on, on my roster than 2020 guys. So the 2020 guys would be, you know, having the benefit of, of a year of NBA uh, physical basketball. Mm-hmm. I still like my guys to take them, but, but it, it just wouldn't be an easy series. So I would say it'd be a, a six game series. Does it change at all if you swap Williams for Kaminga on your team? I think it does, actually. I think it does. Mm-hmm. I think in this hypothetical of rolling out the basketball uh, today, I do think that that Williams brings a lot more to a lot of stability uh, to that team, to my to my squad. So if mm-hmm. I were to throw Kaminga in there, I think it's it's a little bit more of a crapshoot just because he's such a high variance player. Like I I could see yeah. him you know, doing some posterizing dunks on, on guys. And then, you know, the, the next three defensive possessions, just like looking off the court and being completely aloof and like, you know, getting his, his, his uh, defender, uh, you know, a, a clean backdoor break to the basket. So it's just, you know, he's probably one of the biggest wild cards mm-hmm. out of the players that we've discussed with the with the just a high experience between his highest highs and lowest lows mm-hmm. and so i think today not that he hurts your team but it just doesn't bring that stability to the team today yeah so maybe this is a seven game series now oh yeah oh yeah it's a going to closer <laughs> series <laughs> but 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 your squad still wins i still like my squad yeah all right well that is another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick epino epino or at oakland warriors check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to check out jose's site get ropa g-e-t-r-o-p-p-a.com for some dope shirts the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society and is part of the basketball podcast network that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time and go dubs